0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Downtown in Business podcast, a podcast with a twist because it's actually being hosted and produced by our good friends at Sedulo. Back in October, I did an initial podcast with Paul Cheatham um, talking about Boris Johnson's uh, approach to Brexit. I suggested at the time that he would put to Parliament uh, a withdrawal agreement that would be little more than Theresa May's deal with a blonde wig on it. Uh, I also said that he would fail to get that through Parliament but would then force Parliament to support a general election which he would subsequently win. Uh, Because, for once, my predictions were right, Paul kindly invited me back to do an additional podcast and uh, we sat at the Sedula office in January um, to uh, chew the fat over not just the general election, but what a Boris Johnson premiership may look like. Here's that podcast in full.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, Same Care of Business. My name is Paul Cheatham, and today I have with me Frank McKenna. Thanks for coming in again, mate. I mate. Been before. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a bit of background on you again in a bit. Only mm. we you know, if you want more background on Frank, by the way, you can go back to season five, actually, probably about four podcasts ago, mm. where we did a general election. <laughs> well, actually it wasn't general election, sorry, a Brexit podcast. Brexit podcast, yeah. Um, and you'll give us some background on yourself and a bit, former mm. leader of Lancashire. Yep. Um, County Council so that's your um, kudos I guess or your creds (laughs) for telling us what's going to happen next Uh, when we chatted in October we hadn't had a call of a general election at the time Mm -hmm. we was in a position where Boris had been in about three months I think something like that it was early October he'd been involved involved about three months he was telling us we was going to have Brexit on the 31st, which mm. I think you just said at the time was never going to happen because mm. it was not legal, uh, but he was still banging on about mm. that. And uh, I think you described his Brexit deal at the time as uh, Theresa Mays with a wig on. Yeah, yeah. That was your description, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. yeah, yeah. So we, if we fast forward now... Mm. Um, uh, to where we are, well, we'll fast forward in a second where we are uh, today. Just give us a bit of background, again, on yourself mm. and what your sort of credibility is in the political uh, public sector.
0: Yeah, I, I, credibility is a strong word yes, Paul, that's true. Um, in any politician's life. But I worked uh, in politics full-time for 12 years um, as a parliamentary assistant, so working in, in Westminster for seven years, uh, as well as being a a county council in Lancashire, uh, assuming a leadership position in in about 97, but also becoming leader at the time of something called the Northwest Regional Assembly, which was all the council leaders Mm -hmm. from the Northwest, so 52 councils. Uh, And obviously from that, um, you know, my experience has has been quite significant at both a a national regional uh, level. And the other thing that I was very involved in at that time was um, European negotiations. Um, So I spent quite a bit of time in Brussels with the European Commission negotiating Mm -hmm. deals on behalf of Liverpool and Objective One funding, Manchester and Lancashire, Objective Two funding, and all that sort of stuff. Um, So that's sort of my, in a nutshell, background politically. I was a Labour politician. Uh, I'm still a Labour Party member, but obviously with Downtown and Business, one of the key things that we do is public affairs advice and connect people with those decision makers. And we work with parties across the spectrum. So, you know, we've got as many contacts within the Conservative Party as we do within the Labour Party. That being said, nobody's going to be kidded about where my loyalties lie ultimately. Um, But equally, I think what people generally would say about me is that I'm able to look at situations objectively yeah and so you know i i'm not one of those characters that treat politics like you treat your football yeah so you yeah. know people who will stand on the terraces rightly and yeah. always support stupidly everton like yeah. i do yeah even if you get beat by liverpool reserves in the cup <laughs> yeah. you continue support Everton. yeah um if the labour party are doing or saying or acting in a way that is inappropriate if the Conservative Party are doing something that I think is right, Mm. I'll say so.
1: Why do you think on that point, and I don't get it, I just don't get it. I voted, um, we'll talk about this general election in a sec, but I voted Labour and I voted Tory. Mm. I'd vote for whoever at that time I felt was in the best interest of Mm. us as a whole. Mm. Why do you think there is this kind of um, fan base of... You know, it's people who think no matter what you do in life, if you're a Tory, yeah, yeah, you're a Tory bastard. Yeah. You're a Tory, you know, it gets worse on it. But yeah. why do you think there's that, like this sort of football fan base allegiance to yeah. a party? I don't get it. Yeah.
0: I think there is an emotional attachment to political parties mm. at some level, mm. and, and certainly I have that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as you say, we'll talk about this last election um, as the, the conversation progresses. But I think that is changing. Um, I think the reason that you're seeing such a diverse range of results now, and you're seeing seats that have never been conservative yeah. go conservative, yeah. um, is a is a consequence of people's behavioural patterns changing, and qu- changing quite rapidly. Yeah. But if you ask me why those emotional attachments exist, I think it largely comes from um, where the UK was as a country for many, many years. So yeah. fifty six. 60s 70s yeah. you know yeah. trade unions were very strong so if you were a member of a trade union you were yeah. more likely to vote for the Labour Party yeah. if you weren't um, you were probably more likely to mm. vote for the Conservative Party there was very clear distinction I think between the working class yeah. and the upper middle class and the upper class and I think that sort of started to transcend out of society yeah. um, now we can argue all day long about the gap between yeah. the poorest and the richest yeah. and we can argue about whether that's right or wrong Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is society generally is fairer Mm -hmm. and more equal than it was back in the 50s 60s and 70s and i think the other thing that happened through the 80s and 90s particularly was that people who would naturally be described as working class like you and i Mm. started to become far more aspirational ambitious and look over the parapet and say well why not me yeah why shouldn't I yeah. be middle class? Yeah. Why shouldn't I have yeah. a nice house, a you nice think car, was a past life?
1: Not going to go into too deep. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think. I think that is the part I take from yeah, being a youngish yeah. kid in yeah, the eighties, yeah, yeah. growing up. Yeah. And I know we're not going to go into her, reign yeah. Right. But I've got a, kind of a lot of respect for her for the mm. fact that I felt that she was somebody who opened up avenues that, mm. that were previously. Yeah closed I think from an aspirational point of
0: view I think Thatcher can take some credit for it I think there are lots of other things that were happening at the time not least the fact that the employment market started to move into areas where you need a better educated more intelligent people so never underestimate capitalism's role in driving people's aspirations because they need us Um, whilst they needed coal miners and bus drivers and all those sort of jobs then that's where they were pushing the working class into those sort of areas. So as technology started to drive a different type of employment workforce that was required, people's aspirations rose because it suited everybody really. So yeah, 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 Thatcher can take take some credit. And you know, the one thing I'll say about Margaret Thatcher, because I have a a, a very different view in terms of zero admiration for her at one level, I think a lot of the things she did... We're, were right, the big fallout I have with her is the way she went about that. Yeah. I think it was a, a nasty, mean-spirited approach yeah. to politics yeah. that actually we still suffer from today.
1: Yeah, well, it might come back that yeah. it's a little bit about my story But in terms today.
0: of, you know, going back to your original question of why people aren't as... Um, emotionally attached and affiliated to a political brand now I think it comes down to the fact that we are increasingly individual mm-hmm. you know my, my granddad then my dad mm. and probably my dad's granddad yeah. voted Labour sure. and you sort of grown up with that yeah. well that's starting to disappear yeah. you know? that's yeah.
1: starting to disappear you do disappear. see people vote on the back of they feel like they have to as a result of dad yeah, always, yeah. Did, yeah. always did mum always did
0: but can you imagine how Low Labour's vote would would have been without that.
1: Yeah. 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 It was yeah. The, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: the worst result since 1935. Yeah. It could have been potentially worse than yeah. that, other than people like me. Yeah. Who've sort of gone into the, literally on yeah. the way into the ballot box. Yeah. And you sort of hands hovering. Yeah. And ah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Labour. Yeah. And there have be... Hundreds of thousands yeah. of people who this time yeah. did that.
1: Yeah. We thought, or so when we talked in October, we spoke about a general election. Mm. Now, I was a remainer and you were a remainer, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, to be fair, I'm quite a staunch remainer. You know, mm. I don't want to leave. It's, mm. as, it's as simple as that, really. Um, but we thought, I thought there'd be a general election. Mm. And I was kind of hoping there'd be a general election where it was almost a second. Um, second referendum and so when it was announced I thought brilliant now we're going to see that most people don't want to leave the country Uh, and and then Corbyn for me became unvotable so we're going to talk about this general election now so he was unvotable so the Tories by the way so just so we're clear I didn't vote I told told you that before I didn't vote why did I not vote the Tories A little bit how you've maybe thought about Thatcher and Mm. and and let's say lack of heart. Yeah. Yeah. I consider the Tories at the moment to be, I don't think there's a radical change from Theresa Mays Mm. I'm going to come out with my manifesto and I'll bring back fox hunting. I'll, mm. you know, I'll, I'll fucking. It, it almost seems to be how can I be as heartless as I possibly can. Mm. That's how mm. I saw Theresa May. And I don't see Boris as moved much. Sure. So that's. So for me, I either vote. Uh, I, 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 I'll either lose that principle mm. of giving a shit about people mm. and vote Tory. This is in my head, or I don't vote them. So yeah. I decided I didn't. So that then left me with Corbyn, and. Um, and for me, he got it all, all wrong. I mean, you'll mm. tell me more why, but as, as for me, the first thing that he gets wrong for me is, he says he's going to spend all this money. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and then he's hell-bent on where he's going to get this money from. Mm. And he's going to get this money from the rich. Well, millionaires and billionaires. And every fucking tweet he sends out every day, mm. He almost sends a tweet out, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, it's your fault. Mm. It almost got to the <laughs> point where I tweeted him and said, I don't get this. This isn't the fu-. You know, we, we have record tax receipts every year for the last mm. 10. Mm. One thing I always say to you whenever we discuss politics is, and I like, I'm categorically telling anybody, that the, the tax regime, has, in my 20-odd years, has not been anywhere close to as harsh as what mm. it is now. Mm. It's harsh. Yeah. Everything's gone. Mm. The people you can't take money off or the people with the most financial freedom are the biggest, Mm. the Google and the Amazon. Mm. Mm. You can't dictate to Google that they make money in the UK instead of the US so you pay taxes instead of the US. Mm. So if you're going to spend that money and bank on it, you won't get it from them. You go to the next level of person. You go to the next level of business and you tax them more. And then you go to the SMEs and you tax them more. And they've still got more financial freedom than the person who's employed who doesn't even see their tax, mm. it just gets mm. deducted. Mm. So, in the end, if you spend money you haven't got mm. and you're banking on getting it from Amazon and Google, mm. your likelihood is you're going to end up getting it from the person mm. who you can, that can take it from, and that's income tax from yeah. that pays you earn people. Yeah. So, that annoyed me because that, that to me is like you know, it's like um, GCSE tax. Mm. Right. So, if you're saying I'm going to spend all this, actually, you've got to be honest and say we're not really going to get it from Mm. Google Mm. and Amazon. We're going to get it from you. Yeah. So, if you want to do that, vote for me. And I think fantastic. (laughs) But so, so I felt like it was a lie. Mm. I felt like he was blagging people Mm. that he could get Amazon and Google to fucking pay for for all the things that are wrong with his country. (laughs) And by the way, in the clients we have here who are plugged into public sector, Mm. there's huge problems in almost every public sector there's, there is waste mm. there are universities mm. I think we discussed this yeah, last yeah. time I sat having a beer with a labour supporter and uh, he worked in the university and he told me how we, we had a few pints about how great Corbyn was and how we've got to change the public sector and I said what are you doing this week and he said I've got to spend 100 grand and I said why he said well, if I don't spend it this year I won't get it next year
0: mm.
1: yeah. and I said but there's other people that need that there's mm. other universities that need that money or there's other services mm. And if you don't need it this year, you might not need it next year. Mm. No, but if I do need it, I can't get it. Mm. And you think, so it's not just about pouring money into it, is it? Mm. No. Corbin's thing for me was pour money into it from people who you can't get money off, so I'm going to get it from the next level. And in the end, it almost became like me as somebody who, let's say, is semi-successful from working class. It almost became like, it's my problem, all this. You're one of the problems and constantly, millionaires and billionaires were the problem. And they're nothing to do with the problem. Mm. They're the highest taxpayers. 25% of all tax or 27% comes from 2% of the people. Mm. I think they're the stats. And he wants to get those 2% to pay more. Mm. And what you do find is the more you put pressure on them, the more they go to mm. Dubai yeah, and other of areas. They move the cash. Yeah. So I didn't believe in what he right. was saying. I didn't believe in four day weeks. Mm. I think it's coming out with nonsense. The country's fucked, if you believe what they're saying. But on the flip side, we can do this in four days a week. Now, I'm a working-class lad, so I want to work. Yeah. The reality of it is, is actually most working-class people, they want the Saturday morning. Yeah. They don't want to work five days a week. Yeah. They want five and a half, because yeah. that Saturday morning pays for your holiday, yeah. your kid's Christmas yeah. presents, all the little luxuries, You know, you, you, your curry on a Friday night or your meal out with your missus. Working-class people want to work, and I felt like... His message was, working class people don't want to work, so I think Labour became the party for the not Mm. working class. Mm. That's my kind of rant. It was either vote for him or the Tories, and in the end they voted for neither. Mm. Your opinion, talk (laughs) us through the general election. Because I thought it was going to be close.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't. Uh, I enjoyed the the analysis that you've set out there, Paul, because it's not a million miles away from... (laughs) the reason Labour didn't achieve any degree of success and any traction during the campaign. So we go back to October. I said to you that I thought Johnson would come back with Theresa May's deal with a wig on. I said that he would try and force Parliament to vote for that, but not be able to. And I said that on the back of that, he would then attempt to put pressure on Parliament, to get a general election, which, if he was successful in doing so, he would subsequently win. Mm -hmm. And all of that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if you just go back to that situation, because the one party you haven't mentioned are actually the party who are wholly responsible for where we are today, Mm. and that's the Liberal Democrats. Because through October, November, and The early part of December, the Conservative Party were beginning to fall apart. You had the expulsion of people like Ken Clark, Mm. Nicholas Soames, Winston Churchill's grandson, and a whole swathe of what you would see. Yeah, as what you would see as being people who largely are One Nation Conservatives. And the Tory Party was beginning to eat itself. And it appeared to me that my prediction in October was going to fall down on the back of the fact that the opposition parties, surprisingly to me, were holding it together and were denying him that opportunity of a general election. Mm -hmm. Joe Swinson, in her infinite wisdom, Mm -hmm. and through, in my opinion, total arrogance, decided to break ranks and as soon as those 1520 liberal democrats decided that they were going to support Johnson's call for a general election there was no way in the world that the Labour Party couldn't then go along with that because they'd have been called cowards and all the rest of it so I think if you go back so this is where I have some sympathy with the Labour Party in that that strategy of frustrating Brexit and stopping Johnson from getting what he wanted and preventing a general election was actually beginning to work Mm -hmm. and had we been sat here today where they continued that process through Christmas got Johnson to January and he's still not able to get anything through Parliament Mm -hmm. you're looking then at a second referendum a genuine second referendum so the Liberal Democrats I think for all sorts of reasons have got an awful lot to answer for both in terms of this election campaign and also the state of the country if you remember that back in 2010 it was the Lib Dems that went into coalition and supported austerity which by any economic measure has been an absolute disaster
1: yeah
0: Fast forward to the fact that Johnson gets his way. I then said right at the outset that he was going to win. I thought he'd win by between 20 and 30 seats. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be as cataclysmic for the Labour Party as it's proved to be yeah then again Paul I didn't expect the Labour Party to come up with a shopping list of panacea promises that literally nobody on the planet believed yeah and I heard a woman actually um, the first woman that went into space saying earlier this week that she believes that aliens live on Earth well I think they've taken over the fucking Labour Party because they are on a different planet and of some of the things they're now it was bad enough that you have them promising free broadband for everyone mm-hmm. because again for people like you and i we're sat at home thinking well i don't mind paying me 30 quid a month subscription yeah. or whatever it is yeah uh, and i'm not being funny but mrs jones in a council house in wigan it ain't top of their priority list either. Yeah. So you have free, free broadband, and then you have this whole list of things, as you say, that they're promising to do. Um, big spending in education, big spending in the NHS. And of course, on their own, everybody will say, yeah, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The Waspy promise, yeah. which would have cost us north of £40 billion, pounds, I think killed the Labour Party stone death I just don't think that it was credible at any level. So even women who I know would have benefited from that policy said to me, I don't believe it. And it comes back to what you said. I don't believe it. And therefore, if you think that you're just being blatantly lied to, even though the other fella, by the way, blatantly lies and gets to become prime minister... It almost doesn't matter because those promises are that much out there that they become incredible. And I think the final nail in the coffin, if we go back to Brexit, is that the Labour Party basically didn't take a position. So you're quite right in saying that that general election could have become very much a case of do you want to remain? Or do you want to leave? Mm-hmm. And that's certainly the way the Tory party dressed it up. It was, yeah, we'll get Brexit yes, done. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so that was said. it. Yeah. Right? That's the only message that he put out there. Labour's policy was, well, we'll negotiate a new deal. Yeah, There's another six months gone. People are fed up already yeah, with yeah, Brexit. Yeah. Then we'll do a second referendum, which will be our deal or remain. Then... I won't say which position I support. Yeah. As the Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, come on. You're the Prime Minister. You've got to take a position. Yeah. You're either going to campaign for the deal that you've done, or you're going to campaign for remain. Yeah. It just didn't add up. Yeah. So again, this bollocks that the hard left are coming up with now is mm. an excuse for Corbyn's defeat, which is, well, it was all the remainers forcing mm. us into a position to mm. promise a second referendum. No, it was a, a wishy-washy policy on Brexit because had we come out and said we will if we win an election have a second referendum mm-hmm. and the second referendum will be Boris's deal. Yeah. Or Remain. Yeah. People would have bought into that. And yeah. by the way, as yeah. Prime Minister yeah. Corbyn, yeah. I will campaign to Remain. Yeah. But my suspicion is Corbyn was never actually comfortable with the European Union, never a Remainer, didn't campaign in the first
1: referendum. No, no, no. no, no.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, And so I think it suited him to have that sort of very weak policy going in. So if you add together the culmination of a very, very poor Mm. economic platform, which nobody really believed, Yeah. coupled with a Brexit policy that didn't say anything to anyone, didn't satisfy Remainers like yeah. me, yeah. didn't satisfy the Leavers, of course, yeah. of which he lost yeah. thousands Drugs, of yeah. votes right across the country and particularly in his heartlands. Then the worst result since 1935, he probably got away with it. Mm. It could have been even mm. worse.
1: Mm. From a business perspective, I mean, th- there was a lot of worry. And as a business owner, what was your... Uh, taking your hat off of sort of your, um, your, your political hat should I yeah. say from a business perspective was you worried there was a lot of worry around here mm. because I just could see that it was just going to cascade down the level of, mm. of yeah. people he could potentially get more taxes mm. from in a Tory regime as I've said before which has cut and cut and cut and created tax in every single area mm. um, there's still this myth and that that the rich don't pay tax. Mm. I don't know where it comes from mm. anymore. Mm. You know, the tax schemes are closed. Mm. The tax schemes of 10, 15 years ago are done. Mm. They closed these APN notices in, yeah. even though they've not, you know, HMRC on the Glasgow Rangers case. Yeah, yeah. It turns out they didn't even win it. Yeah. They still asked for the 15 million quid and put <laughs> Glasgow Rangers bust like and subsequently yeah. lost the case. Mm. Um, that's how kind of aggressive they are in mm. creating um, the taxes. So, yeah, from a business point of view, I was worried mm. where it went because Amazon will decide mm. what they pay in the UK. Yeah. What was your, what was from your business perspective? I was less
0: worried as a business owner because I never thought Labour could get a, right. a, an overall majority. Right. So the best Labour could have hoped for, uh, and, you know, my, my my head was telling me they couldn't get anywhere near the Tories and the Tories going to win a majority. My heart was hoping that we would actually end up with a progressive Mm. alliance Mm. of the Labour Party, the Lib Dems and Mm. the SNP, Mm. which would then force a second referendum. Mm -hmm. And Brexit then would become Mm -hmm. the only thing that would have been resolved in the first 12 months. And of course, you know, whereas the Labour Party's as I say, panacea of promises, um, they couldn't have been delivered because you wouldn't have got the Lib Dems or the SNP actually
1: yeah.
0: uh, agreeing to, to to get those through. So I wasn't worried at, at that level. Um, if you'd have said to me, Jeremy Corbyn's going to become prime minister with a majority such as the one that Boris mm. Johnson mm. ended up with, yeah. yeah, of course, I'd have been concerned yeah. for business yeah. because it would have been a disaster. Yeah. More importantly though, Paul, because I think this is part of the, problem and challenge with the narrative around business. Yeah. It's, you know, as you've just said, you know, even the Tory party doesn't speak for business now. No, Tory parties no. hammered business for the last day. 100%. And I think part of that is because we talk about it as it will damage business. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you take my business... 15 staff, Mm -hmm. not massive, Mm -hmm. right? But the vast majority of businesses across the country are in my space. Sure. It's not the Amazons, it's not the Googles, it's not the Deloitte, it's not the Bruntwoods, who are still classed as, I think Bruntwood is still classed as a medium-sized company. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So it's small businesses like mine. And what do I do if that regime comes in of, you know, a living wage at a much higher level? Mm a much more aggressive pension contribution required from me, mm-hmm. um, four-day week. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go through yeah, that yeah, list yeah. Of, of crap yeah, that the Labour Party was suggesting. And what's the impact on business? Well, the impact for me as an individual, I tell you now, Paul, is zilch. Absolutely zero. Because I've got a standard of living mm-hmm. that I will maintain, mm-hmm. Because what I will do Mm. is I will just start working extra hours. Yeah. And I'll just put a bit more effort and a bit more time in. But it will mean three of my staff going. Sure. Because I'm not able to sustain and support a business with that level of contribution from me into those individuals. Yeah. And so the first step I take as a business owner is to have conversation with three of my team Mm -hmm. and say, I'm awfully sorry. Mm. I can't employ you anymore so it's not an impact on business or the business owner it's an impact on those individuals who work in those businesses it's an impact on working people and that's where people lose the reality it's as if oh well we get a Labour government all of a sudden Frank McKenna can't have two holidays a year well yet I can and I'll continue to have two holidays a year but poor Sarah who works for me yeah she can't because yeah. she ain't got a job anymore. Yeah. Agreed. And I think the other side of that same coin is that as much as we think that we get a bad press and that we get people who don't necessarily appreciate in the wider media what we do as businesses, those people who work for us do. do. And so they were going out, and I was surprised mm. some of the people mm. who largely like you mm. abstain mm. because naturally they're Labour supporters. Mm. But they were thinking, this fella's putting my job at risk. They weren't thinking, great, four yeah, days a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, bigger yeah. pension. No. Great. They were thinking, well, yeah. Frank ain't paying for that. Yeah. We
1: can't afford as a business yeah. Yeah. for this list of promises. Yeah. So actually, I'm not there. You made a good point before, Jet. I think we, I think we was just off camera before, and you talked about the working class being the most practical, because yeah. they're the ones yeah. that have got an income. That yeah, they then got to. That's right. They got to know where the yeah, where the where the money's going, yeah, yeah. and pe- the, these people are not they're, they're not the stupid people. They're mm. the astute people. Yeah, correct. And I think you're right. That just come kind of reiterates yeah, what you yeah, said yeah. earlier. Yeah, for, well, for sure, you know, if you're looking at, yeah, again, you
0: you mentioned Margaret Thatcher. Now, the great trick that that Margaret Thatcher came up with, that's a bit of a falsehood in terms of looking at national economy and national environment mm. and all that sort of thing, because we know, you know, if you're a government, yeah then you can get better rates mm-hmm. of borrowing. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. of a misnomer. Yeah. Nonetheless, people do treat the nation's finance as they do their own mm-hmm. household budgets. Yeah. And so, again, I'll go back to Mrs. Smith yeah. in Wigan, who's looking yeah. at this and thinking, well, you know, all this just doesn't yeah, add yeah. up yeah. because I get me... 500 yeah. quid a week. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got to pay rent yeah. or mortgage, and I've yeah. got to pay me gas, I've got to pay me labour. And yeah, I'd love to do all those things. Yeah. But there's a finite amount of results. Mm. And again, as you rightly pointed out, the Labour Party's message was very contradictory because at one level they were saying the country's on the floor. Yeah. It's absolutely buggered. Yeah. But on the other hand, it was saying, but we're going to be able to spend all this money. Yeah. Johnson's message, yeah. you know, and again, I think we, we talk a lot about what the Labour Party did wrong, and yeah. rightly so, because actually that's where the election was lost. Yeah. But look at Boris's messages. Boris wasn't talking about cuts, he was talking about ending austerity. Mm-hmm. He was talking about investing in the NHS and infrastructure. That yeah. was it. He wasn't talking about four-day weeks. Yeah. He wasn't talking about WASPy. He wasn't talking about giving you an i3 fucking internet. Yeah. Right? He was talking about things that you could see. okay, if you invest in that, you get a return. Yeah. So if you invest in big infrastructure projects, there's a return down mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. So people get that mm-hmm. because, again, yeah. we're used to borrowing, aren't we? We're borrowing yeah. to buy a house. Yeah. So you might not have the 250, 300 yeah. grand in your bank, you've bought your house, you'd invest in your house and you hope that at the end of the 20 year term that gives you a return on your investment. Yeah. So people can see the sense in that. Yeah. They can't see the sense or the return on an investment of giving everybody the opportunity of cutting a day out of the way. Yeah. They can't see the sense in paying 45 billion pounds out to to females. You're never going to get a return on that. Yeah. It might be the right thing to do But there's lots of things that are the right thing to do we just can't afford to do. There's no point and no return on giving everybody free broadband. So, you know, you could go through that whole list. Yeah. But conversely, the Conservatives were not talking about cuts. They were talking about growth. Mm. But they were also doing it in a positive way because, Mm. of course, Johnson's saying Brexit's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Brexit gives the country potential. Brexit means we can grow. Labour's... Yeah, message was yeah, yeah. the country's fucked but we're going to throw all this money yeah yeah. didn't add yeah. up
1: yeah the aftermath then of the general election mm. Um so I woke up disappointed the day yeah, after yeah. whichever way it was, yeah, yeah. Be, it was going to be I was going to be disappointed yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, I was probably slightly less disappointed than I mm. would have been if um, mm. Corbyn because he was generally worrying to me and then he come out with a decent speech mm. Boris mm. I don't know what you thought of his speech mm. but I thought it was quite uh I thought it was Clever of him to come out and about the NHS immediately. Yeah, yeah. Kind of close down Corbyn's yeah. or yeah. Labour's. You know, they're gonna sell it off the minute. Mm. You know, I thought he did a quite an inspiring speech. And I thought this is gonna go one way or the other. Mm. This is gonna be an absolute fucking disaster. Mm. Or we're gonna look back on this in 20, 30 years, and he's gonna become a Churchill type yeah, thingy yeah. where yeah. he gets the Brexit, <laughs> Brexit against my will becomes great, mm. it creates growth, it creates infrastructure. It could go, I, f- I can't see it being um, somewhere in the middle of this. Mm. I no. think it's gonna go really bad, yeah, yeah. Or, re- or weirdly quite good. And then on the flip side, we had almost, if, if I look at Labour, there's almost been a, a reluctance to really review what happened. Mm. This is just my opinion, mm. get yours in a sec. There's been a reluctance to recognise the biggest disaster in almost 100 years mm. in terms of results at a time where Tories are pretty weak. Mm. Mm. And so what's your thoughts on the aftermath since? Mm.
0: Well, we take the, the two parties, so the, the Conservative Party and Boris first. Um, a, a well-worn phrase is, I'd rather have a lucky general than a good one. And I think Boris is a lucky Mm -hmm. general. And let's hope for the country's sake, that luck continues. And, you know, why I say lucky is that he's inherited the Conservative Party because it was in an absolute mess and chaos, and they were panicking that they were going to lose an election to what they would consider an extreme left-wing Marxist. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You've got to have some sympathy for that view. (laughs) So he's inherited a a Conservative Party that 10 years ago you would say he would never become leader of. And he was lucky. Mm -hmm. He then had um, a stupid Liberal Democrat leader who's believed their own hype. Yeah. That's delivered him a general election. Yeah. He was lucky. He's then had a Labour Party that's delivered a manifesto that even the man on the moon wouldn't believe in. Yeah. So he was lucky. Yeah. So, so far his luck is continuing to project him into a position where he's become prime minister. Where his luck may continue is actually where the, the global economy is going at the moment. So if you look at the European Union and the euro as a currency, mm-hmm. it's not in the strongest position mm-hmm. at the moment. You've also, in the White House, got an isolationist mm-hmm. who isn't wanting to do deals particularly with anyone, yeah. whether it be the European Union yeah. or, I suspect, the UK. Yeah. Um, what that means, though is that he's got a much better opportunity and chance of doing a good deal with the European Union with far less Mm -hmm. uh, bureaucracy and red tape tied Mm -hmm. around it than was probably the case two years ago Mm -hmm. when Theresa May started out on this journey. Again, that's lucky, Mm -hmm. isn't it? That's just time Mm -hmm. and it's fortuitous. Now, that's where we are today. But, you know, a week's a long time in politics, never mind 12 months. So we may get into June, July, August, and and things may have dramatically changed. But sat here in January 2020, I would say that there is every chance that Boris is going to be able to get a good deal. Mm -hmm. And if he uh, does the things that he suggests he's going to do around those infrastructure spends, if he starts to rebalance the economy in terms of investment because a lot of those MPs are now from the north, so that thing called the Northern Powerhouse, which we've all loved the the sound of, but we've never really seen any practical benefits from... That might all start to get delivered. Yeah. Now, if that all happens, Paul, and that all comes together, then Boris Johnson is going to be seen as a really successful prime Mm. minister and he's going to get another Mm. five years. Perversely, of course, it could all go tits up. Yeah. And you could end up with the European Union becoming uh, far more isolationist, trying to look after itself and thinking, well, if we give the UK Mm. a good deal, then actually it could all fall apart because yeah. Yeah. France are agitating, yeah. Italy's yeah. agitating yeah. Germany. So that's all up in the air. But, but if I was a, a betting man, I think he is going to get a reasonably good deal out of the European Union. He's got enough um, financial wriggle room to borrow the money he wants to borrow on infrastructure projects and continue to invest in, in what is a creaking NHS. Yeah. Just very briefly on the NHS before I go to the Labour Party, you mentioned earlier the public sector and universities. Mm-hmm. And you're quite right to to bring up that particular issue that you did. My view of the NHS, having served as a non-exec director for many years on mm-hmm. hospital trusts, is that actually the last thing we should be doing is continuing to throw millions and millions of pounds at it. Mm-hmm. If there is any service that is in need of radical reform, mm-hmm. it's the NHS. Because waste... it's out oh, to the wrong We waste so much money mm-hmm. on new technology systems, mm-hmm. on. You know, surgeries that aren't utilized mm-hmm. properly. You know, the doctors, the surgeons, they're the people yeah. who basically dictate the <coughs> NHS. Yeah. And it's basically unsustainable because it doesn't matter that you throw an extra couple of billion at it. No. You know, we've got an aging population, mm-hmm. we've got people now who expect and anticipate much better health services. Mm-hmm. And at that ground level, again, if you go back, it, it's not actually hospitals and A&E, bad though they are. Mm. It's the fact that you can't get a GP appointment. Yeah, That's what pisses people yeah. off more yeah. than anything yeah. else. Because, yeah. you know, I'm not being funny. Yeah. We're not all rocking up at A&E every no. day, are we? No. But, you know, at least <laughs> on a quarterly basis, yeah. someone will have to get in touch with the doctor yeah. for something. Yeah. And you've got a snotty receptionist yeah. who's basically a gatekeeper telling yeah. you why you can't have an appointment. Yeah. And yeah. you can continue to tow billions, <clears it, throat> or you can radically reform it. And sadly, you know Tony Blair was the man who spotted that as a, mm. a as a problem,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and Alan Milburn, who was the Health Secretary at the time, and was prevented from doing so by by Gordon Brown Ed balls yeah. and that yeah. kind of because only a Labour government actually will be able to reform the NHS yes, yeah. without them being told, yeah, yeah. You just try yeah. and privatization exactly. by the back <clears> door. <throat> so uh, that aside, investment in the NHS you know I spoke about we've
1: spoke about this sounds
0: a strange thing Paul for a labour man to say but I wouldn't actually be seeing that as a priority I think infrastructure spend yeah and actually trying to find some rocket fuel for business and start to actually release some of those levers of in my opinion barriers to growth that they've introduced over the last 10 years for business that are what will make the economy fly yeah Labour Party, yeah. listen, I think there's uh, an element now, a growing element within the party and the Labour movement, which is woke up and smelt the coffee, right? Because you can look at Corbyn's performance this time round and say it was a disaster. But actually, this all started back in 2010 when the Labour Party, because of the trade union influence, mm-hmm. elected the wrong brother. hmm Right, so Ed got it over David. Yeah. And Ed Miliband's policy started to take Labour in a leftward direction mm-hmm. and worse than that, basically totally dissed a 13-year Labour administration. So you haven't yeah. had a Labour leader yeah. or leadership uh, personalities, whether it be, you know, shadow cabinet uh, or uh, leadership uh, candidate. Mm who've been prepared to stand up and say, well, okay, Iraq was wrong, but actually look at all those other great things that that government delivered. And in the absence of that, you've basically got Mm. the Tories saying Labour government's are crap and the Labour Party saying Labour government's are crap. And that started with Ed Miliband and, you know, supported by people like Len McCluskey in the trade union movement. You then end up with this bizarre scenario where Corbyn gets elected, and the party is infiltrated by people who are no more Labour than I am Tory. Yeah. And that's where the party is, has basically become toxic and poisonous. Yeah. Ultimately, though, trade unions are in the end pragmatic. And were in 87, they decided sorry, 83, they ended up with a, a huge uh, defeat when Michael Foote was leader, although in comparison to this one, that wasn't a bad result. Um, You know, at that time, there was a big push for Tony Benn to become the leader of the Labour Party. Tony, who was night and day in comparison to to Corbyn, he was a great politician at many levels. But Tony Benn didn't become an MP in 83, lost his seat. But they could have actually engineered a situation where he got back into the commons quickly and could have potentially stood for the leadership. They swerved that and elected a guy called Neil Kinney. Mm. Now, again, I would have to say, hand on heart, I don't think Neil was prime ministerial material. But what he started to do was the slow march back to the Mm centre And the slow march back to where Labour were electable again. Mm-hmm. I hope, and I think the indications are, that unions like Unison mm-hmm. and the GMB, let's see what Unite and Lenny do within the next few weeks, are beginning to get behind Candidate 2 and not Corbyn East Yeah. So, you know, Keir Starmer's the favourite at the moment, but you've got some other good candidates. You've got Lisa Nandy from Wigan, who's a a great, I think, would be a great leader of the Labour Party.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And others as well. So it's up to the party now. Mm -hmm. It can either continue in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. and if it elects Rebecca Long-Bailey, that's where it all will remain. And, mm-hmm. it, and in fact, that could kill the party. Yeah. Uh, I've, again, you know, there's, there's rumours uh, as we sit here today that Barry Gardner is considering becoming... Well, if he became leader of the Labour Party, we may as well all go out. Right. You're the one-party state. Right. That guy's a joke, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Okay. Um, but if we elected somebody like Keir Starmer or yeah. Lisa Nandy uh, or one of those people who are not <clears throat> attached to that... Um, Narrative of Corbyn, and that's where the party can start to come back. And the final point I'll make on this, Paul, is is that we assume that because the defeat was so heavy, Labour is out of power for a generation, another decade. Mm -hmm. But I'll go back to what you said. Boris Johnson's premiership might be the best thing since sliced bread, but it could be a disaster. Yeah, and as we've said, people aren't attached to a political party anymore. So mm. just because on December the 12th, 2019, mm-hmm. millions of people voted Conservative doesn't mean to say that in October 2024, yeah. they'll do the same. Yeah. If he's not doing his job, or the Tory party <coughs> aren't delivering on their promises, mm-hmm. then if Labour elect somebody who is credible, they've got every chance of getting back into power. Yeah. If they don't do that, they are dead in the water. Yeah.
1: If you look at, obviously, the left and the right, I think people are getting disillusioned with politics. Well, I am, anyway, and, um, <clears throat> and that's why I didn't vote, because the truth is nine times out of ten, we were talking about actually some business stuff before. Investors got an opinion. Founders got an opinion. Mm. The truth will be somewhere in the middle. Mm. That's kind of where it is if you ask me in politics. Mm. And I wonder whether there's ever been a better time for a new party to come along mm. That shows the heart maybe the Tories are not. And is quite not as um, farcical, you know, magical making up mm. stuff as far as what Labour have become, and come through the middle, mm. a party for the people. Mm. That say things like, for example, because on the NHS, I'm fully with you, you know, I'm on the board of an online pharmacy. The digital technology we've got just solves a lot of problems and saves mm. a lot of money for the NHS. Mm. But if it saves the money from the NHS, it means it's not going out to someone. Mm. So you end up then creating this, well, hold on a minute here. If, if they start rationalising or whatever the correct word is of the NHS, it's gonna. I'm going to fucking lose out because I'm <laughs> taking from it. Yeah. It's a bit like, and I always say this, when people moan about politics you can't get people to change their mind in the Mm. really Mm. so I go to Uber me Mm. because it's a better it's a better option what happens with Uber is they come in and offer a better facility Mm. a better service Mm. embracing technology and who kicks off about that The consumer doesn't kick off. It embraces it. What kicks off is the the lazy (laughs) party, if you like, of, say, London taxi drivers, who will then go, well, we're going to fucking block London. We're going to rally against this. We're going to be effective unionized against this. And all of a sudden, it's just wrong because it's wrong. Mm. No, it's wrong because it takes money out of your pocket Mm. because somebody's doing it more efficiently. Mm. And I feel like that's a great example, Mm. non-political, of where Mm. the public sector gets. Mm. So... For me, it's like, where's the party saying what the Tories have done here, here and here mm. is real is decent. Mm. And what but but this, this, and this could be better. Mm. And the NHS is a mess. So I'm gonna do this, this and this. Actually, it doesn't need any money. Mm. We just think it needs streamlining, mm. it needs rationalising, it needs Ringing into 2020 rather than being, you know, mm. ringing your doctors at eight o'clock yeah, in the morning like you did in 1960. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to it, yeah, yeah. it's the same fucking. Yeah. Nothing's moved on. <laughs> the rest of the world's moved on, yeah, yeah. and our NHS yeah. taking the people out of the NHS. Mm. and We're not talking about mm. them. We're talking about the systems. Haven't mm. moved on. No. That's why we are in the yeah, mess yeah, we're in. If you ask me. Yeah, yeah. So for me, where's the party? of the people mm. that just says it as it is mm. rather than trying to score votes on the left mm. score votes on the right mm. blue red you know for me why is it not like this ability of a party to upstart and ignite and be I mean you would I think like the Labour Party to take that position wouldn't mm. you in Absolutely. the fucking centre yeah, people yeah, yeah. But let's say they don't, mm. because the only person in my lifetime who did that one, and that was Tony Blair. Yeah. And if you ask a real Labourite, right, if that, <laughs> they think he's a Tory. They hate him. <laughs> don't they? They do. A lot of Labour people yeah. who are staunch Labour, mm. they don't even see yeah. Tony Blair as mm. one of theirs. Mm. I, I think he probably is the most successful Labour. Oh, yeah,
0: uh, For, beyond, beyond doubt. Well, I, I think, you know, by the time we get to the next election... I think somebody was saying that by that time it's it's almost what is it, forty near fifty years before a Labour Prime Minister, a Labour yeah. leader will have won an election. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Most success. So what I mean, do you think about that? A
1: third party?
0: Well, I think you, you know, you would have had um A better argument in respect of that had change not come along Mm -hmm. and and totally imploded. So, you know, Chucker and Anna Subri and and, and, and those guys who eventually fell apart very quickly. Um, Now, I actually think that there is room for a different type of politics and it may emerge with a new Labour Party. I'm not saying new Labour. I'll come back to why I'm not saying new Labour in a moment. If we eventually see Rebecca Long-Bailey being elected as party leader because Mm -hmm. I think then the parliamentary Labour Party, which is still largely moderate, Mm -hmm. as we've described today, um, will then say enough is enough and and start to look at ways and maybe becoming a bit more uh, detached from the traditional Labour Party and Labour movement. And actually... Because you've got four or five years to do this now, you can start to have conversations with trade unions and and potential financial backers. Because the big thing that you need in politics is cash. Yeah. You know, and that's why you've got Trump as president of the United States. So a new party could potentially emerge if the Labour Party makes the wrong choice for leader Um, but the one thing I would say I I think listen Tony Blair for me is the best Prime Minister in my lifetime yeah and, and I will say that without hesitation I will equally say Paul I didn't support the war mm-hmm. but it's like all of us make mistakes mm-hmm. but you don't say well you made that one mistake yeah, yeah, so we'll all these other effect. good things you did we're going to forget about them and put them in a bin mm-hmm. and kick them into touch mm-hmm. so I'm not going to list all the great things that Labour government did because there were too many mm-hmm. It was an incredible performance from any government, and we enjoyed a period of economic prosperity Mm -hmm. and growth longer than any other government, Tory or Labour. So Tony Blair, for me, and I have to say Gordon as Chancellor, were were great, great leaders. Um, But I don't think that in 2024 you can present the same sort of manifesto and proposal that Tony Blair did in 1997 because the world has moved on. And I think some of the things that... Lisa and Kia are saying in respect of people's views and society's views, not just around business, but around the big issues of climate change and about things like animal welfare Mm -hmm. and whether actually, you know, we're looking after ourselves properly as a planet. I think they are
1: petflix. all. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But we are looking at things yeah. differently. And the younger generation, I think, are far more acutely aware of those global challenges. Yeah. So, you know, Tony Blair wouldn't have stood on a platform saying, we've got to hit our climate change par- targets yeah. by such... Yeah. You know, so I think those issues are going to become more to the fore. And equally, I think business in 2020 is far more conscious of its responsibilities to its workforce to its talent yeah again i'm not saying or pretending that that's because we're all fucking lovey-dovey business Mm. owners and you know we want everybody to be dead happy and smiley clappy Mm. people Mm. when they come into the Mm. office we do that for an economic purpose yeah i've got good talented people who work for me yeah i want to keep them yeah So, if that means that I've got to be more flexible in my management, my approach, but then wider than that, and listen, Sedulo do do a great job in this space, but loads of businesses that downtown work with do so we put a lot back into the community. Yeah, You know, you think yeah. of the amount of cash yeah. that is raised through initiatives that you undertake yeah. for whether it be charities, yeah. whether it be kids, whether it be yeah. the home, you know, and lots and lots of businesses get involved in yeah. that now. So I think a political party that combines economic common sense approach yeah. to an agenda that says to business, we want you to make a profit, mm. but equally... We want to see some responsibility Mm. from you guys Mm. in terms of the community Mm. that you operate in. And we want to see you putting Mm. stuff back and looking after your workforce. That's all great to me. It's not New Labour Mark II. It's a different type of progressive politics. Mm. And with you, I think that would win. If the Conservative Party adopts a very hard line, not just in terms of its Brexit approach, but in terms of going back to Thatcher Mm. and becoming a Thatcher Mark Mm. II, I think the wheels will fall off.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, my suspicion is that Dominic Cummins, who is Boris's key advisor, knows that to be the case as well. So don't be surprised if you actually see quite a soft domestic agenda coming from the Tory party. And as I said earlier, if he starts to invest in infrastructure, the NHS, if employment stays at the sort of levels it is Mm. now, it gives even a new political Mm. movement Mm. uh, or a new look Labour Mm. Party... Mm very little wriggle room. Sure. So that would be a longer-term strategy. But they've got to start somewhere. And like you, Paul, I hope that, you know, the party, the Labour Party, becomes more electable again because the last thing any democracy needs is a one-party state. And at the moment, listen, I'm not being funny. If I was Boris Johnson, would you be having any sleepless nights? No. You're facing that clown of Prime Minister's questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's got... What, the, the, the yeah. worst result in near 100 yeah. years? He's throwing things out and he, he just bat them yeah, up. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got an army behind you of yeah. people who think you're the greatest yeah. thing since yeah. sliced bread. Yeah. So Boris is at this moment yeah. in time, talk about honeymoon period. Yeah, yeah. He's lapping it up. Yeah. Um, but that can very quickly change, yeah. but it'll only change if Labour or A and other uh, political movements becomes to exist that can actually begin to scrutinise and challenge mm. the government mm. and any healthy democracy mm. has that challenge yeah. because yeah political one party states yeah you know that yeah. that's not what we want to yeah, exactly. go to a-
1: coming towards the end now so we've talked a, a lot about what could this way or the other if you was predicting what you think is going to happen over the next mm. two three years what and you had to stake somewhat on it mm. Which way would you go? How
0: do you think it's going to look? Yeah, I think, listen, I don't think we've ever lived in as turbulent time, mm. you know, in terms of how politics and the economies, and, and I think that's all to do with the globalisation of um, economics. Um, so it's difficult to predict, much more so than it, than it used to be. And I'll give you my track record over the last decade. Mm-hmm. I, I said that um, Cameron had win in 2010. Mm-hmm got a hung parliament yeah failed to win
1: yeah
0: I said it'd be a hung parliament in 2015 Mm -hmm. Cameron won
1: yeah
0: I said Theresa May have win. yeah she got a hung parliament yeah and uh, and I said we we win the remain vote yeah and we lost yeah I also said Hillary Clinton would win the presidential yeah, election. Yeah. So my track record yeah. <laughs> has been pretty piss poor. Um, but I did predict that Boris Johnson would win comfortably in the, uh, the last election. So hopefully the, 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 the corner's been turned for me. I, with a heavy heart, have to say that I think Boris Johnson will deliver a decent Brexit. Mm-hmm. I think he's got enough economic um, flexibility to invest in some of those projects that you spoke about and mm-hmm. there'll be huge pressure on him to do so yeah. from all those mm-hmm. people who've yeah. just become mm-hmm. MPs who want to stay MPs. Of so I think there's going to be additional spending. Mm. I think there'll be a bit of a feel-good factor. The key thing for him will be the deal he does with Brussels. Mm-hmm. And if that goes right, then he's on for a fair... Yeah, Wind, isn't he, over the next three, four, five years? Yeah. Um, But it does all hinge on that because if that deal goes horribly wrong and we do become very isolated from our biggest trading block and it gets really hard for us to trade and exports and input and all that sort of thing, that's where the the wheels could come off from. (laughs) But if I was a betting man, Paul, then I would say he's going to hes a pragmatist and the people around him are pragmatic He could tell that from his campaign mm, mm. you know Rhys Mogg makes one mistake he's off the stage yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't see yeah. him for seven weeks yeah. you know the, the Welsh cabinet secretary yeah. got caught up in some sort yeah. of scam off the stage yeah. go you know it was all about Boris in his you know yellow jacket yeah. top hat you know yeah. And it's a total opposite sites. of
1: Corbyn isn't yeah, it? I, mean, so. I think Diane Abbott, obviously, what she gets is, is not what, you know, it's, it's boring, it's ridiculous. But having said that, he's kind of got this stubbornness where mm. they make a gaffe. Mm. Everybody, and then he keeps sending them out yeah. to make gaff after yeah, gaff after yeah, gaff, yeah, gaff yeah,
0: and, yeah, yeah. and Boris completely opposite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, as I say, the team around uh, the Tory party campaign this time around, I <clears> thought <throat> were, were, were superb after saying you, we could maybe talk about that another time, mm. but they did a great job. Um, so my suspicion is that, and from the country's sake, this is great, and from a business perspective, I think he'll be in a, he'll be in a, a good place by the time we get to the next election, I think he'll do a reasonably good job. I think the economy will bounce along. We're due a recession of sorts. Yeah. But how bad that mm. recession mm. is going mm. is to be mm. is open to question. Yeah. And, of course, what happens in America yeah. in November is going to yeah. be crucial as well because yeah. if Trump gets re-elected, yeah. then I would, again, you know, it's not my politics, but from a business perspective, that's probably going to be a good thing, mm. yeah? Because he'll just carry on with this laissez-faire approach. Yeah. And the more government stays out of business in the state, seems to me, the better that country yeah, does. Because yeah, yeah. they're booming, aren't they? Yeah. So I think we're in for a reasonably a reasonably good period of time economically and in, in terms of business. In terms of where the Labour Party goes, I am increasingly confident that they are going to avoid the abyss mm-hmm. and avoid destroying the party by electing a continuation of Corbyn candidates. And I think we'll end up probably with Keir Starmer, although, as I say, my preferred personal preference will yeah. probably be Lisa Nandy. Yeah. Not least because I think it's time the Labour Party had a female.
1: Yes, beat. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and Lisa's got an awful lot of common sense Uh, policies that she's been articulating over the past few weeks so I think the Labour Party will start to return to some semblance of normality Um, but I think they may find because of Boris Johnson's success Mm. they'll still be in opposition for some considerable time
1: Appreciate that, mate.
0: Okay, mate. No, we'll uh, we'll do it again
1: it. and we'll see whether yeah. it comes
0: through or not. And, and it's, it's good that, you know, what we do before <laughs> these these podcasts, obviously, is we give each other a call beforehand and yeah. saying, what are you wearing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Matching clothes. Matching clothes. <laughs> <laughs> clothes. <Why? laughs> good, to right, good, good to see, good see you. Thank you for coming Cheers, in. Cheers. See you later. <laughs>